please welcome Matt Forte. Here he is right here, Matt Forte Jr. Welcome, my little friend. Isn't he adorable? I get a little grandpa time in the middle of it. It's fun, you guys. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. My name's Tim. If you're visiting, I'm the pastor here. been here for 26 years. And um, if you're wondering why we would do something like this today, um, the reason is when I came to this church 26 years ago, we, the church really didn't know what they were supposed to be about. I mean, it wasn't anybody's fault. We were just really a very inwardly focused church. And we even had a, a sweet old deacon guy that thought we ought to put a fence up around the church so that we could keep, you know, anybody out that, that shouldn't be in. And, and I was like, um, that's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. We, we, we need to welcome people in. Because the truth of the matter is, I, th I feel like a lot of times when people look at a church, what they see is this. They see the image of a, of a scarecrow out in front of the church building. You know, the church seems good. God seems good. But you've got to be like us. You, you know, we've got to accept you first. We're trying to scare off the people that shouldn't be here. When I know that what Jesus wants is for them to see this. They want, they, they want, Jesus wants to, us to see that he has got his arms wide open. And so we started trying to figure out how to open up our arms as wide as we could to the people that were around us. And um, you kind of see what's happened along the way. Uh, there's a lot of people that are really looking for a relationship with God. And, and I hope that that's why you're here. Because uh, the truth of the matter is this is bait and switch. Okay. Uh, Matt will admit it as, as well as I will. I know that a lot of you, maybe you got invited for whatever reason by a friend, a family member, and, and you're like, oh, I'd like to hear what Matt Forte has to say, some background, you know, some of his story, whatever. What we hope happens is that you get really acquainted with God in the middle of it. That's why we've done what we've done. Um, so I'm going to hand the baby back off, and I want you to welcome Matt Forte, the other one. Welcome, my friend. Let's do this again. Uh, and uh, Danielle is, well, we'll talk about Danielle along the way. His wife, Danielle, is here in this service, and his mother-in-law, Dolores, and, and her Aunt Kathy also. We're glad to have you guys all here. Uh, tell us the, uh, the backstory to football, because, I mean, you know, the reason that you're of interest to a lot of people is that whole football side. Tell us, tell us a little bit about getting started in football, growing up in Louisiana, all those things. Yeah, I got started playing football uh, when I was seven years old and uh, kind of fell in love with football because my dad is a huge guy. He's a big D lineman who played for Tulane, uh, where I went to school and at college, and he was 6'4", 300 pounds, and I'm like, you know, looking at him, seeing him, and every time we go to my grandfather's house, he had this huge Tulane captain's trophy. And uh, I would see it every time, and I would always, you know, want to get it, make him bring it down and hold it and stuff. And I was like, you know, seeing that at a young age, I was like, I want to be just like my dad. I want to be like dad. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was like, I want to play football. Yeah. And I saw him, uh, you know, I wanted to be just like him. So I was like, I got to play football. And so when we uh, moved to Slidell, Louisiana, when I was young, uh, my dad's from Texas, and uh, he met my mom down in Louisiana. We moved from Lake Charles to Slidell. We, um, you know, we got acquainted there. You know, they had like a little football organization that was Slidell Youth Football Association, and you could start out playing at five, six, and seven, 
in the first uh, age group, and then you move up. And I wanted to play when I was six, and so I kept begging him, I want to play football, play football. And he was like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to wait a year. And he had made his decision that I wasn't going to play that year. And so I got in this, you know, huge argument with my dad about playing football, and I ended up in my room facing a corner. Had a timeout <laughs> for wanting to play football. I love that story. Yeah. Is that the first time you ever been disciplined? No. Okay, I'll just... Uh... My, I'm, I'm the second child. They actually stopped having kids because of me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I hope that doesn't happen to you. Um, I, so so uh, you finally got to play, and then what happened? So, you know, I, I, uh, the next year passes, I finally get to play, and I'm going out for my uh, first, first uh, round of practice in full pads. I actually was at home waiting on my dad to get home from work with my helmet on, shoulder pads, everything, sitting on the couch, just waiting with my mouthpiece in, waiting for him to come and get me. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, mom's trying to feed me some food before I go out there, and I was like, no, I, I can't eat. I'm, I'm ready to go to practice. <laughs> That's awesome. And so uh, I go out to practice. They got the two tackling dummies set up, and uh, the first drill, we're doing tackling drills. And so I got the ball. There's another kid on the other side, and uh, this kid had played when he was six, so he had a year under his belt, yeah. which is like what you wanted I wanted to, to do, yeah, I know. you know, because I'm smart. I'm seven years old, yeah. you know. And uh, so uh, he blows the whistle, and um, I run around the dummy, and the other guy's coming, and I wouldn't know what to expect. It's my first time playing football, and I just ran right into him, and pow, I got hit. I'm on my back. I got, you know, crushed. And uh, so he, you know, he gets up, and I'll just, I'll just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had never been hit like that before, so my dad comes over, you know, my dad's a big, huge guy, kind of bends down a little bit, looks at me like, I got a little tear coming down my eye, and he goes, that's football, son. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at him, and I go, you know what, I'm going to go again. And so that's what my dad always tells that story. He says, you know, he knew I was going to be a good football player because of my, uh, my motivation and ambition, I actually, after I got hit, I got back up and wanted to go again. So I got back up, got on the other side of the dummy, and uh, he blew the whistle, same kid on the other side, and uh, I ran him straight over. He's got cleat marks all over his face and <laughs> on his chest. And uh, I actually played high school football with the, the same kid, uh, and he still had the cleat marks on his face. And so you can Google it. Did he, remember? Did he remember the first time? Yeah, he remember. He, he was actually, so he still played uh, D-line because he was a big kid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he still never saw me. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so um, growing up, high school ball, everything. I mean, pretty obvious pretty early on that you had a talent for, for this and a determination mm -hmm. for this. Um, but then you got to go play college football. And, um, you know, I mean, that can go a whole lot of different ways. How would you end up at Tulane? Yeah, so after uh, my first practice, I told my dad, I said, I want to play in the NFL. And he looked at me like, all right, son, like, okay, you did your first practice, you got knocked out or whatever, and then you got back up and ran over the kids. So. I told my dad that too. <laughs> he was like, it you don't know what so it takes well. to uh, be in the NFL mm -hmm. yet. You know, it's a mm -hmm. lot, but I was dead serious. I was like, I want to be in the NFL. So um, through high school, uh, I've, I improved and kept getting better and better and, and was getting a little looks from colleges. And through my junior year, started getting letters in the mail from different schools and you know, believe it or not, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, your dad went to Tulane, played there, was team captain and stuff, and you probably, you know, wanted to go there. I did not want to go to Tulane at all. And, uh, Why is that? I mean, just because you didn't well, want to follow in his footsteps? I wanted, no, I wanted to go to a big school. Like, uh, Tulane's not known for football. Right. It's yeah. more uh, education-based, and, and uh, you know, it's a smaller school. Mm. It's a private university. So, um, you know, I wanted to go to the big state school, like yeah. the SEC schools and all yeah. those big schools. University not of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. No, yeah. not o Oklahoma. No. 
And so, uh, you know, I, I uh, went to those football camps and, and stuff and did well. Got a lot of letters in the mail from different colleges. And uh, one of my, my prayers in high school is I would pray that, I would, uh, that God would bless me to have a scholarship, that I could use my talent to gain that and uh, be able to get a, a college education and, you know, that, that being a stepping stone into getting into the NFL. And so uh, also after that prayer, I would pray that the Lord would make my decision easy and that I didn't have to pick from a whole bunch of different schools and worry about if I didn't pick the right school or have to transfer schools because, you know, I didn't, yeah. you know, get in the right school or something like that. So uh, I'll show you how good God is. He answered my prayers because I had one scholarship offer, and that was to Tulane. <laughs> That's so good, man. You know, I, I asked you last night if you have any Michael Jordan stories. I mean, that, that kind of, you know, like the I didn't get to play or whatever. I mean, you know, when you look back on it, it's crazy that, you know, that Bama or Auburn or LSU or somebody else, you know, didn't make you any offers, but you, you made it happen. But let me, let, me, let me pause it there because you start bringing in, you started bringing in your prayer, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're praying to the Lord. You've got a faith background. Yeah. Um, and, and the interesting thing is, you know, his mom was Catholic, and his dad was a Baptist, okay? I told him, it's going to make you endeared to our congregation anymore. How many of you grew up Catholic? Go ahead and raise your hands. We like to do this around here, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost the whole place, okay? But you had the, you had the combination, and, and um, in case you don't know this, if you have a Catholic parent and a Protestant parent, you're called a cattle prod, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you heard that before, but that's what it is. So he's a cattle prod. So tell me, tell me about growing up and, and the faith that you got kind of from both directions. Yeah, it, it started out with, I think, uh, obviously with my parents, but my dad, his father, so my grandfather in Texas was a, a pastor for mm-hmm. 60 years mm-hmm. there. And so, uh, you know, that's a testament to, you know, anybody who's a grandparent or a parent that, you know, you can affect your children's life or your grandkids' life just by, uh, you know, instilling in them the Word of God and how prayer, is, how prayer works and how important God is in their life. Because, uh, you know, my grandfather, we would always go up there and for family day and stuff and, and travel and go to his church. And, um, you know, it just was instilled in me at a young age how important it was to have prayer in your life and have a relationship with God. Mm. And so um, anybody out there that's grandparents and parents, is, you can leave that legacy throughout the generations that continue to go because, you know, you instill it in your children and it passes down to their children and so on and so yeah. forth. So. Um, you know, faith was very important to me as a young kid growing up, and I was able to, um, my mom put us in Sunday school in the Catholic church, and then after that, we would go to ba- uh, Baptist church yeah. with my dad, and, uh, well, and mom and dad, but then we would get, get, kind of get both sides mm-hmm. and learned a lot, you know, being yeah. able to do that. And, um, you know, just by having that faith background at a young age, it's propelled me to, to be the man I am today. Mm. Uh, and and what, what we want to make sure you hear is, I know some of you, didn't have that passed on to you one way or the other. Start it now. I mean, you don't, you don't know. I mean, what's really affected me, you know, holding little Maddie, uh, you know, I'm thinking about my, my role as a grandparent and, and what, you know, I want to make sure I'm the best grandparent that, that my, you know, Charlie and Olivia, my grandkids can have because I, I can start to think, you know, of those little guys in a way that you are here and your grandfather and the things that ha- have been able to happen. I don't know if, you know, my grandson's going to play football. He may play uh, cricket or something because his dad's <laughs> from England, but whatever, uh, rugby or something. But, you know, I mean, there, that influence can start with you, okay? So don't, don't miss out on that. Even if it didn't come down um, like it did for us, it can start with you. So uh, Tulane, 
went well um, until a little bit of a speed bump called Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Really interesting perspective from you being in the middle of it. Talk, talk about that. Yeah, um, you know, going through, you know, growing up through uh, in Louisiana, you know, as a child, I had a great childhood and playing little league football and stuff. And then I get to college and then it really starts to see the up and downs of life and how it takes you and how God can carry you throughout situations. And so my uh, freshman year um, had a lot of success. The first game I, I got to start, uh, I broke some records and stuff. I had this one game against uh, Army and I had like almost 300 all-purpose yards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of burst onto the scene as, okay, this guy is, is going to be a guy who can, you know, possibly make it to the NFL. And, and that's at a freshman start. I got, you know, three more years to go of yeah. college. And so then uh, my sophomore year hits and we're in camp and you see Hurricane Katrina coming, you know, throughout the Gulf. And, then, you know, it's actually getting stronger and stronger just sitting in that, that water. And, uh, you know, in Louisiana, everybody waits until the storm kind of is about to hit shore to leave to yeah. see if it's, you know, a Category 5 or if it's 2. Uh, we, we, could walk, we could wait that one out. You're used to it. Yeah. 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 You know, they throw hurricane parties. Yeah. You know, why, I don't yeah. know. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's almost a shore and it's a Category 5. So, they're like, all right, guys, we got to get on the bus and uh, we'll take out and, and leave. And so, we only packed, like, a couple weeks of uh, a couple of days of clothes because we were just going to leave and then come back, right. not knowing how bad it was going to be of a storm. And uh, we ended up leaving. We went to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, was in Jackson State uh, University. And uh, the storm actually hit New Orleans and then took a turn and hit Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, good job, guys. Good plan <laughs> of going to Jackson, Mississippi because Should've we come to Chicago, ran right into man. the storm. Yeah, I know. But, but you um, lost everything. I yeah, mean, we lost a lot. And... Um, you know, we were in Jackson State, but we weren't like in dorms. We stayed in the gym where there was no power, uh, there was no, no uh, running water, there was no lights. We were in the gym on little uh, mattresses, like twin bed mattresses that they had. I think they got them from the, the garbage. But <laughs> yeah, there were these dirty mattresses that we were staying in there. The coaches actually had the nerve to make us work out one day because they thought well, we were going straight back to yeah. uh, New Orleans. And, you can imagine how smelly that gym. I hope they threw, they, threw, yeah. threw them away after that. For yeah, sure. I think they, the buses we rode on, they threw them away too. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, we stayed there for, you know, we were stuck there like three or four days yeah. because uh, the storm was, you know, had hit. And, um, you know, after that, we ended up uh, going and taking the bus to Dallas where uh, we stayed at the Doubletree. And that was like the best. Oh, man. You know, we were in the double tree after staying on the gym free floor breakfast. for three or four days. Yeah. You know, free cookies. Free cookies yeah. at the Doubletree. Can't beat that. And so uh, we stayed there for a little bit. The first game of the season got postponed, and then um, so and we had to en you enroll. You didn't get in any home games because you, no. you had no stadium. We had no stadium. We had to uh, enroll in school. So uh, Louisiana Tech, we ended up enrolling in there and going to school there. They were nice enough to open up this condemned dorm that they were going to knock down. <laughs> and uh, it was rough. You know, I, I lived on the eighth floor of that dorm, and the, there was uh, no elevator. So we... Well, there was an elevator, but it was like a death trap, so I didn't yeah, even yeah. trust it. So I had to walk eight flights every day up and down in between class and in practice. And, uh, but I actually, I look back and I uh, appreciate the times of doing that because you kind of got close to your teammates. Like, they were like real brothers. Like, we were going through this together. And uh, my best friend, who was my roommate at the time, you know, we got a lot closer and we were able to be, uh, you know, really good friends and, you know, lifelong friends. I got to know his family really well and everything. So... Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a good time being able to have to do that and go through it together and, and uh, 
to come out on, on the positive side, even though it was a tough season, it didn't go like we wanted it to go. And uh, a lot of stuff back home was messed up. You know, our, our houses got messed up and mm. families, you know, were displaced for a long time. So uh, you literally lost all the stuff in your dorm. Yeah, I was on the first floor of our dorm. So, yeah. you know, the water was through the roof on yeah. that part. So I lost clothes and TVs and all that other stuff. So but the material you, things, you know. Yeah, this, I mean, you, you came out okay. But I mean, the, the, on the other side of it, the adversity you think helped you grow as a, as a person, helped your team, helped you, helped you figure out a little bit more reliance on God at the yeah. same point? Yeah, yeah, I had to rely on God a lot. I mean, just, you, you know, a lot of times when you go through trials like that, you kind of question why and like, you know, what's, what's going on? Because you don't, you can't see, you know, at the end of the, the tunnel mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's at the end. So, but uh, you got to trust in him. And I, I knew that, it, you know, it'll be positive when we come out on the other side of it. So uh, coming out of that, I'm in my junior year. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting closer to being a senior and NFL is approaching quickly. Um, so I'm doing very well that season, uh, you know, balling out, got yards, touchdowns, receiving yards, all that stuff. And we're in um, a game, we're about to be bowl eligible, which we had made a bowl game in the last two years because of the hurricane and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I get to a, a, a game where uh, I'm about to get 1,000 yards rushing and uh, our quarterback threw an interception on this one play. So for some reason, I'm always the one making a tackle because I was trying to save a touchdown from getting six points. And, and nothing's uh, changed. <laughs> I won't go there. But, uh, <laughs> so I make, I make the tackle and uh, end up uh, having my knee injured uh, making the tackle. And so I was out for the rest of the season, was this close to gaining my goal of getting over a thousand yards rushing and uh, I'm thinking to myself man another you know after what happened last year and then I get injured this year you know season's over we got four games left and I'm, I'm in a knee brace with you know surgery stitches and stuff all mm-hmm. on me and uh, I'm like what am I going to do now and so you know it'd have been easy for me to kind of just you know give it all up and be like well I just only got one year left for college I'll just graduate and go on my way but um, I really was adamant about you know, being an NFL player, making it and, and using my talent that God gave me to give back uh, to to him. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I was able to recover a full recovery from it. Um, but not only did I trust in God, a lot of hard work goes into it. You know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So, you know, I had faith in God that I, that I would have a good plan and he had a, his plan for me, but I also had to work hard because uh, that summer I did double workouts during the off season and uh, the summer leading into, into um, you know, that, that season. I did double workouts during the, the uh, day. I would go at like 12 uh, noon in the middle of the day where it's hottest. Oh, It'd be like 95 degrees with 100% humidity down there in New Orleans. And uh, I would work out, then go eat lunch, and then come back and work out again. And guys were looking at me like, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? And I just wanted to be in the best possible shape that I could be because, first of all, we had a new coach come in. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, a new offense that was more pro-style offense. And basically in the spring, he said, look, I looked at all the tape. You're the best guy on the team. You're going to get the ball every play. And so I was motivation. like, well, I think I got to be in really good shape to get the ball every play. And yeah. I did. And so I was able to gain 2,000 rushing yards, 2,127 rushing yards, and got into college football. That's uh, breaking a record in college mm-hmm. football. And so... Uh, when I went into that season, I was like, I needed to do something extraordinary to be put on the, the map so that I can get drafted. And 
me gaining being able to do that kind of put me on the map. Mm. And so uh, after that, uh, went to the combine and senior bowl and stuff, and then eventually was drafted by the Bears in the second round. Well, tell them the story, man. Tell them the story. It's good. <clears throat> I just, I, I put myself, I put myself, I would have loved to have been in the room. I mean, just yeah. tell, them, tell them how the whole thing went Oh, down. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> draft day comes along, and uh, I was projected second or third round, and I told my mom that I didn't want to have a draft party because I'm second or third round, and the first day was first and second round. So I didn't want to be all these people in the house, and then I don't get drafted, and they look at me like, <laughs> didn't even get drafted. Let's turn on American Idol. This <laughs> yeah. is dumb. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> this not is good. dumb. Watching people get their names called. What is this? <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, the first round goes by, and there's not a lot of people. Just you know, close friends of the of the family, and a lot of my old teammates from high school and college are there. Mm. And then as the night goes on, the room starts filling up more and more, and I'm like. What is all this? And like, at first, when I went in the kitchen, I was like, there's a lot of food for just this many people. And mom was like, kind of like smirking, like, yeah, it's a lot of food. <laughs> so uh, the night goes on, and I see my cousins that are from Atlanta. I'm like, how did y'all even get here? <laughs> I told you I didn't want to draft. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about it. Then. No. And uh, so I didn't my know mom. Your mom really did plan it out. Yeah, then, so she, she, she planned it out. There yeah, was food, everything. Everything was decked out. And I was like, so you still did a, a draft party? She had more faith than you did, man. Yeah, in, in that, I, you know, I didn't know. Come on, I didn't know. So, so what happened? So then uh, we're sitting there, second round, about the middle of it comes around, and I get a, a phone call, my phone's ringing, and uh, I didn't even, you know, the number wasn't even on there, so I was like, this might be a team. So mm -hmm. then I answer the phone, and Lovey Smith's on the other line. It would have been a bummer if it was a timeshare guy or something, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> That's, that would have been my luck, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it was Lovey. So it was Lovey, and then he said, uh, you ready to become a bear, big guy? He calls everybody big guy. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I am. And uh, I don't know what he said after that because, you know, I was just ready to become a, a, yeah. a bear. But um, did you do a little dance? You get, you know, I mean, the, the whole place had to just go crazy. I did the Super Bowl shuffle? No, I was just yeah. I, I didn't even know about the Super Bowl shuffle until then. <laughs> we'll get Mike Singletary back to teach you. He's, yeah. He's an awesome dancer. Um, the... Uh, the start of your NFL career was probably, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody had a better first game of, in, of their NFL career mm -hmm. than you did. I mean, it was like, you know, watching it, watching it from afar, I mean, any of us that were around, I mean, you, you remember, you know, okay, he just has this incredible game against the Colts. Um, felt like either we were witnessing greatness. I mean, to me, mm. looking back at it, either we were witnessing, you know, like the next Walter Payton or the hand of God was upon you. I mean, honestly, it was, it was, nobody starts off like that. Yeah. And, and it was incredible. You come in, you come into the league with lovey. Talk, talk about what it's like to come in in the NFL, because all of a sudden your dreams, your hopes, everything that you've been working for all your life, it's in front of you. You got a big signing bonus check. Yeah. You can buy anything you want. All of a sudden, you know, you got, you got people all around you wanting things and offering you things and everything else. What was it like coming in to all yeah. of that? I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, scary. At, at first, you know, you're excited, but then you get there and, uh, you know, like my first day of practice, I line up and I'm in the backfield and I'm looking across the line. I got Tommy Harris, Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, yeah. Tina Tillman. I'm like, these guys are on kids' walls and stuff. Like, I know. You know, like... This is like the Super Bowl defense from a couple years ago, yeah. and I'm going against them. Yeah. And so it's kind of a little intimidating. 
And then also at the same point, like you said, uh, being 22 years old and, you know, having uh, immediate wealth, you know, kind of pushed mm -hmm. upon you and, and uh, you're like, there's a lot of things that can go bad. That's kind of a mix for disaster at, sure. at some point if you don't have a, a strong faith background. And so um, that's why I, I was stressing to, you know, grandparents and parents and stuff and even the kids that you could start that now having that strong uh, faith foundation so that you'll be able to withstand, you know, uh, temptation and, and things of that, of that sort that come your way. Mm -hmm. Because believe me, when I first got there in the locker room, there wasn't a lot of positive influence, uh, influences yeah. there, like yeah. somebody to kind of show you the ropes yeah. of how to be an NFL player or how to, per, how to behave yourself off the field. And if I didn't have that foundation, I would have been, you know, I wouldn't be the type of guy that I am well, today. Well, there, there's so many stories. I mean, we know all the stories of, yeah. you know, of, of, of the guys that give in. Was Lovey a big part of that. I mean, you had a great mm -hmm. Christian coach, yeah, role model guy when, coming uh, in. The head coach, they kind of, they, they, you know, it's how the team goes, it's how he goes, mm -hmm. you know. So how he was is, is kind of what he instilled throughout the team, hardworking and not being, you know, real crazy or boastful and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, they have the choice to have a, a chaplain uh, for the team or not. And uh, actually it was kind of scary a few years ago because once Levy wasn't there, they almost decided to cut the chaplain yeah. part of the you know, the team. Yeah. And so without that, you know, a lot of guys don't get, you know, we play on Sunday, so you wouldn't get the word yeah. or, unless you do it on your own. And so, you know, he had a, a great chaplain of Ray McElroy who kind of mentored me a little bit throughout my young career and, and being able to keep me, you know, down to earth and, and humble. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how the things, you know, went from yeah. in there. And if, if not for, for that, you know, I wouldn't have been I'd have probably gotten the wrong mix of group or the guys who, you know, hung out in the wrong places sure. and did the crazy stuff. Yeah, I, Ray, you know, Ray was a good friend of mine. I spoke at chapel 2009. Yeah, Do you, yeah. you remember that? The chapel you spoke? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I know you were there because I knew you were there. I don't remember what I talked about, but the Bears lost that day, so it must not have been very good. No wonder, no wonder we lost. <laughs> I do remember that I walked into this room and there were, there were 50 guys at least yeah. in this room. And that was a, that was a testament. Like you said, you, you had a faith-filled coach that mm -hmm. was saying, okay, this, this is our value system. And I think, you know, it was 7.30 in the morning before the game yeah. and, and, and I walked in and the place was packed. Um, so along the way, um, you, needed, uh, you needed to find a good woman. Needed a good woman. Yeah. Um, how did you find Danielle? It's a fun story. And by the way, he has his wedding anniversary tattooed right here. I won't let him show it to you right now because that would be awkward. And, says, and you says might, faith. It says, says what? It says faith and then it's Faith in the wedding thing, anniversary. Yeah. And that, what that means is I have faith that I'm going to remember my anniversary. Okay? <laughs> Every day when he looks in the mirror, he's like, oh, yeah, that's coming up. It works out really well. <laughs> um, tell us about Danielle. It's a fun story. Yeah. Uh, well, we met after, like, right after I finished playing my first season, and uh, I met I met her. Uh, I went down to the Super Bowl to do some autograph signing that my agent had set up, and uh, she was interning. She was still in college. She was interning at a. Uh, uh, she went to Columbia College. She was interning with a lady doing PR, and the lady who was doing PR, she uh, was doing PR stuff for one of my teammates, and they tried to, you know, set us up. So. Let me, um, let me ask you about that. I mean, was this, this lady that was trying to set you up, was she, a, was she a Christian? Was she a person of faith? Was that part of the deal with Danielle uh, or did? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Mom's saying, yeah, it is. Okay, good. I mean, because, you know, I mean, 
Shoot, these people were trying pretty hard to get you guys connected along yeah, the way. Yeah, I guess they kind of, you know, and, and my teammate knew her just by being around mm -hmm. um, the lady that did PR. And I guess they kind of figured, like, personality-wise, they kind of knew both of us mm -hmm. that would be a good match. And so uh, he gave me her number, and I never called because I was like, I'm not just going to call this lady or this girl at that time. <laughs> I'm going to call this girl because I don't, I don't know her. I'm not just going to call her. I don't know what she looks like. Which is, that was very important to me at, at 22 years old. It's you not know. a good way to set somebody up. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, we didn't have Instagram or Twitter yeah, no, back then. Yeah, I know, then. I know, I know. You know, so, uh, so I, did, I never called her. And then uh, we ended up being at the same place uh, at the Super Bowl in Tampa. And uh, I was at an event, and this lady comes running up to me all. She's real high energy. She's real crazy. Like, hey, man, uh, you remember that lady, that, that girl I was going to introduce you to, uh, Danielle? And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, she's here. I said, okay, like, big deal. I was like, okay, good for, good for you guys. <laughs> and so she's like, well, I'm going to go get her. I was like, okay. And so I was standing there at the, you know, just standing there, and then they start walking towards me, and I kind of did one of those double takes. I was like, oh, that's who you was going to introduce me to? Why didn't you say so? Why didn't you just give me a picture? Well, y'all could have just sent me It would have been so a, easy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I would have called a long time ago if you had told me that. Yeah, so uh, the rest of the night, I'm following around, would not leave her alone. <laughs> you know, she enjoyed it, too. Yeah, I bet she did. So, <laughs> so I followed her around and stuff, and come to the end of the night, I was like, oh, let me get your phone number so that I can, you know, keep in touch with you. And uh, she obliged. So uh, she was putting in her phone number, I was putting it in, and her name pops up. Because I had already had her phone number. And she kind of looked at me like, why is my name in your phone? <laughs> And you should have ran away right there. Yeah, I, I almost did. I was like, all right. I just kind of played it off like I didn't hear. Yeah, all right. I got your number. I'll call you later. <laughs> Keep in touch. So um, I actually ended up going back to school after that and, uh, to get my degree. Mm -hmm. And, like, throughout school, you know, we kept in touch all the time. And uh, I was trying to get her to write my papers and stuff, but she wouldn't let me. <laughs> so she good. helped me uh, do my own work. It's a, it, I mean, it's an important story. To me, my, our youngest daughter, I don't think I told you this, our youngest daughter just got engaged um, June 12th. We just got a date this week out in L.A. She's going to be getting married. And as a, as a parent, you know, I mean, I want to raise my kids right, but I have no idea. I had no idea what was going to happen, you know, with, with, a, with a husband. I have three daughters, so yeah. I had no idea what's going to happen. So that's a huge deal. And from an overall God perspective, I mean, it's incredible to think about what a woman of faith that she is. Mm -hmm. Danielle's dad is a pastor in, uh, in Argo, and, and her mom's here with us. I mean, so there's a faith legacy on that side. That's the church they go to. And, uh, you know, you got all that stuff all putting together. I, I just, I'm just looking at it from the outside. God knows he's gifted you to play, play ball. He's gifted you to have a platform, and he's also surrounded you with, uh, yeah. you know, with people all around you that, that are good people of faith. And she was pretty, too, so that worked out. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I would pray that all the time, you know, especially as I went through college and stuff, that God would place good people around me and, uh, you know, keep me out of trouble, most mm. of all. But, mm. uh, and what better way to find a wife than one who had a faith background yeah. and uh, a father who's a pastor. And so my father-in-law has uh, also mentored me a lot and been able to speak a lot of great things into me and, Obviously, my mother-in-law has done a great job with my wife as well because mm -hmm. uh, she does a great job as a wife. She does. 
<laughs> he does. He's awesome. I mean, it, it's fun for me to get to have son-in-laws now and to be able to be a part of that. Um, that that's a beautiful part of it. So, um, so, so you're Matt Forte, okay? I, I know you know that, but um, <laughs> you're, you know, I mean, Pro Bowl, you know, Piccolo Award winner. You're up for Man of the Year, Walter Payton. I mean, from, from the outside, a lot of the young people, at least in the crowd, you're a superhero. You're, you're a guy that has lived a good life. I mean, hallelujah for the rest of us. You're an example of an NFL player as a, as a person of integrity. Um, as a, as, a, as a pastor, you're a person, you know, of faith, and you're a dang good football player, mm-hmm. okay? So you have, to me, everything that you possibly need, and those people are probably thinking you have everything you possibly need. So why, would, why, why do you need God? Why do you need Jesus in your life? Why have you ever needed Jesus in your life? Yeah, that's because, I mean, I am who I am through God. I didn't get there on my own. My dad used to tell me that all the time. You know, after I got drafted, he told me, yeah, congratulations, son. But he kind of humbled me back down and was like, your work is just now beginning. And uh, also, you need, you need God. Like, you didn't get here by yourself. And um, another big thing was, he was like, you know, stuff is going to get hard for you. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, a lot of people think that, you know, since you, you know, are a Christian or if you just become a Christian, that it's all good and everything's, all your problems are over. Right. But actually, it gets worse because he used to tell me all the time, uh, if the devil's not messing with you, it's because he's already got you. And so... Um, tweet that someone. <laughs> That'll tweet. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of people look at me from the outside in with all these accolades and, um, you know, being successful and stuff and think I got it all together. I didn't always have it. Uh, you know, I wasn't always, you know, what you see, you know, today. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm not a finished product. None of us are. We're continuous, continuously working, but... You know, I had to grow up a lot, you know, throughout my career early on, and a big part of that was meeting my wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had to grow up a lot and become a man and, and learn how to do that. And so without the, uh, you know, faith background of my grandfather and father being able to pass that down and meeting a, a good woman like my wife, you know, that wouldn't have been impossible. And so um, it's important for me, you know, to have God in my life because it's kind of, I've heard people talk about the, uh, preach about like the, um, a cliche saying a kind of like a story of, of a, a clock, you know, clock, some of them have, you know, batteries and a plug. And so uh, you got to know your source. God is my source. And so if I'm a clock and you unplug it from the source, it's not going to work. But if it has batteries, okay, it'll work mm. on its own for a little bit until the batteries go mm-hmm. dead, right? But then you're disconnected from the source. So mm-hmm. I always have to be connected to God in order to work the proper way. Mm-hmm. And we always have to be connected to him in order for us to do what we're designed to do and yeah. what he's you know, designed us to do. So, I mean, you know, all jokes aside, looking forward, we're all, we're all mad about the fact that there is a possibility that you might not be a bear. How, how does that go? And by the way, we're, we're taking an offering at the end of the service, and, and that's going to the bears <laughs> as a bribe. <laughs> Just to, to bribe them to, to keep them around. I mean, how, how does, I mean, the faith thing going forward now, you, this is a time when you've got to go, I don't, know, I don't know where I'm playing, I don't know where we're going to be. How does that work? Yeah, I, I lean on, on uh, God. I, I trust in him that wherever I end up and whatever, um, wherever I end up playing or, or finishing my career and stuff, that's where he wants me to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad, you know, I, my wife is from Chicago, so I live here and all of her side of the family is here anyway, so I'll always be back. But 
at the same time, you know, I always, you know, I really want to finish my career with the Bears because mm. that's where I started. Mm. And so, um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we do too. And uh, so, I mean, there's, uh, throughout my career, there's always ups and, ups and downs, just like when in college, you know, they, uh, we had a lot of coaching changes recently, yeah. a lot of different offenses put in and stuff. And if, uh, you know, you can look at that and be like, you know, that's a lot of up and down. There's, you know, turmoil everywhere and, you know, stories and stuff. And even during this season, there was rumors that I was going to get traded and stuff. And so if I listen to that without, you know, being connected to my source, which is God, then, you know, I would be going crazy. I'd be... Uh, you know, not knowing what to think. And yeah. so uh, I've been able to overcome a lot by staying and having that faith background, you know. Uh, besides the rumors, I had a knee injury this year that, you know, hampered me for three games mm -hmm. and uh, was able to come back faster than I did the last time I had the same injury. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's just a testament to how good God is and how, you know, strong of, of faith can, he can bring you through a lot of things. I, I hope you're hearing that. I mean, even, even Matt needs God and so do you. So... I just want to ask you, I mean, you've done this at every service. Would you pray over us? Would you pray over the crowd? Just uh, an encouragement to the people that are there. Yeah. Uh, I, think it'll, I think it'll mean a lot coming okay. from you. Father, I just thank you for uh, this opportunity to be able to speak to everyone uh, on your behalf. And I, I pray that, uh, that I, I would decrease so that you can increase mm. in them. And Lord, I pray that when they look at me, they don't just see football, that they see you. Mm -hmm. And that I live my life out so that they can see how good you are uh, and, how, and how good you are in, in everyone's life and what you've done for us. Father, uh, I also pray that if, if there's anybody that's doubting you or uh, does not have a relationship with you at all, that they would um, just trust you mm -hmm. and just pray about it. And uh, that you would show to them how real you are. And... Uh, and be real in their life, that they not just know of you, but that they truly know you and have that relationship with you and, uh, and be, begin to trust you. I pray that you can live that out in each and every one of our lives and be able to strengthen our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, man. Uh, so, um, thank you. Um, what does that mean to you when you, uh, when you oh, score? Oh, when I score? Yeah. Yeah, when I score, everybody sees me do like this, and then point up. It's not just because I have muscles. It <laughs> is not. Yeah, I knew you were going to start messing with me. Uh, I, I do that because um, when I get in the end zone, you know, you see a lot of guys dance, and they yeah. do all this other yeah. stuff because yeah. it's about them. I do it because it's not about me. I got in the end zone. I'm in the NFL because of God bringing me along the way, and, you know, he created me to do this and be on a platform to be able to speak to everyone. And uh, I do that to show them that I get my strength from God. Mm. So remember that. Uh, let's thank Matt, will you? Thank him for me. Fantastic, man. Yes, sir. You got muscles. <laughs> Great job, man. <laughs> All right, you can be seated. We're going we're gonna to do communion, and I just want you to know we do that every year around here, um, every year, every day, every week around here. Once a year, on Easter, we do that. Um, we, uh, every, every week, it's a part of it, because the early church did. They gathered together, they had communion, and they broke bread. 
they, they prayed together, they did this. And so I, I want to welcome you to do it. You're, if you, you don't have to be from Parkview. If you're a believer, we welcome you to join with us. Um, and, and maybe for you, this is going to be the first time you've done this. It'll probably be the first time you, a lot of you have done it with a, two cups inside of each other and nobody handing them out up front. This is, this is about you and God. There's two cups. Grab them both out. There's bread in the bottom cup and juice in the top cup. Just grab them out and hold them and we'll do this together. But it represents, it represents the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And maybe, again, it's the first time you've done this in a while. Uh, maybe you've never done this. Maybe this is a, a moment for you to say to yourself, and this is the bait and switch. Maybe it's a time for you to say to yourself, you know what? Even, even Matt Forte needs Jesus. Even Matt Forte needs a Savior. He needs forgiveness. He needs the power. He needs the strength. He needs to know that he's loved by the Heavenly Father because he's a child of God. And you need to know that too. So we offer this for you. Let me pray. Lord, I, I pray for those of us who, um, who are... I, I've just been so encouraged by the, the story. I've been a believer all my life, and the legacy was passed on to me by my parents. But it wasn't to my father. My father started it in his family. And um, I've, been, I've been encouraged by this story to think about... Charlie and Olivia and any grandkids that are to come and to wonder what is going to be done. I mean, I just, I think of, I think of Matt's grandfather, who was a great man of faith and, and a pastor and, and led a lot of people to Jesus, but he had no idea that his son's son would have so much influence for the kingdom of God. And I just wonder what's going to happen. Uh, I pray for that for me and for the people in this room, that we will be people who uh, even, if they're, even if we're single and they're not married, they, that they will take the influence that they have and make sure that it is being passed on to the people around them. And Lord, for the ones that uh, maybe have, are, are coming today and they've been gone for a long time from you or are gone from your table and they're back to this table today, will you help them to know that you've been saving them a spot? Help them to know that, that, you, that you have been waiting for them to come home, that you are the Father in the prodigal son's story, and you've been watching and waiting for them to come back home, and you want to throw them a party. You're not mad at them. And Lord, if there are people here who are just never really sure whether there was a God or not or whether they believed, um, that's what a testimony of an NFL superstar can kind of help do, help, help realize that even people who are at the top, at the top of what we might consider anybody's life to be, they still need God. They still know there's a God. They still depend on God. And if there are people in this room that need that, let this be a moment. You say in your word that you're knocking on the door of their heart, and if they will open it, you will come in. And I pray for that to happen right now. Let them turn to you and say, Jesus, I, I, I want you in my life. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Lord, be with us as we commune right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.